0: Welcome to The Abiding Podcast. Um, this is the first in a series of that I'm calling Your Walk. Um, today I've got with me Eden Hunter. He's a good friend of mine, known him for quite a few years. He is a youth pastor at St Luke's Church in Bath, but he's also a, a multi-faith chaplain at Bath College. I've just got him with me today to share his journey. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining me today, Eden. Mm-hmm. I, That's yeah. yeah, it's a like I've known you now for quite a few years, and I just wanted to get people in on your journey, your story, and kind of like the ups and downs of your faith with God, and actually share the process more. That it's not just about how great everything can be and how great everything looks, but actually share people the journey from before you knew God to where you are today. In in however long this podcast ends up being. So thanks again for joining me.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much for having me. Jeremy. any opportunity to share what God has done in my life is is a welcome one, um, I'd say. So no, thank you. And, and I mean, where would you like to start?
0: Uh, well, I'd love to start with your kind of experience of like, of faith, of religion, of God, before you even knew him or encountered him or made that decision. So like when you were growing up, were you really aware of faith were you around much of it what was like yeah what did you experience growing up
1: well you've given a little bit of a spoiler there to those who might not know me um but (laughs) i I didn't grow up a christian i didn't grow up in a christian family um or anything like that um so well my parents are well my mum would probably describe herself as church of england but in regards to practical faith, I know I can't really say, uh, but practical following of Jesus, it doesn't really seem like there's much of a presence, or it was, it hasn't been shared with me. Um, so I didn't grow up a Christian. Uh, I grew up, my general awareness of it, or of, of Christianity, um, was, I, I went to a, a Christian primary school. I went to a Christian primary school, and we had assemblies there, and we sang songs like uh, The Bell of Creation, and cross over the road my friend and such classics as that which I assume were played in every <laughs> were sung in every christian primary school but I'm not too sure um so so that was mainly my experience but it never had I never had any interest in it I'd probably describe myself as an agnostic uh, well probably closer towards an atheist sort of growing up um yeah essentially my experience with christianity was a case of I was aware of it I just had no interest in it. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool to not believe it, so I didn't. Um, And that kind of was the general story up until I was about 14-ish when I started going to a youth group. Um, It was called After Eights. It met in uh, my town of Salford, where I grew up. Um, And we we generally messed around, had fun, played games. And at the end of every uh, night... We would have like maybe a 10, 15 minute sort of little talk um, about Jesus. Uh, it wasn't so much about the gospel, I wouldn't say. Um, it, it was an interesting one. They talked about hell a lot and they talked about, um, not obviously, not that that's not an important part of the gospel. Um, yeah, they, they talked about, uh, it was one of those things where essentially I didn't really get it. However, as they generally talked more about God, uh, they talked a lot about the Ten Commandments and 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 that. I generally found myself just believing more. I didn't really have like a, a a snap decision where I was like fell down in repentance on my knees and stuff. It was just a case of like oh I guess I believe now. Um, that that was pretty much it, and and that was the start of that journey. I'd well actually no God was working far before to get me to that point, um, but that's the point where I properly decided oh I'm gonna I'm gonna become a Christian now. And then it was kind of a fairly slow burner from there. Uh, do you want me to go into that now or do you have any uh, follow-up questions on, on that?
0: Um, no, I reckon go for it. My one question I might have is kind of like at that time, what was your understanding of being a Christian? Like saying, oh, it's, time, it's now time to be a Christian. But as we know, whenever you talk to even different Christians now, being a Christian looks very different to different people. So when you were at that age, kind of what was your understanding of being a Christian?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, my be- My understanding of being a Christian before I started going to um, before I started going to this youth group, um, was just a case of probably following rules really. I didn't really know much or anything about the faith in particular. Um, so I kind of just thought it was just a bit of a boring thing that some people believe, but I choose not to because I'm intellectually better as a 13-year-old <laughs> uh, than <laughs> every Christian in existence. Uh, uh, so I, I generally, yeah, that, that I, I thought being a Christian included just a few different rules and, and stuff, but I didn't really know much more than that. From becoming a Christian, um, my experience of what Christians did was mainly mainly involved being afraid of God. It mainly involved trying our best to keep the rules and to not sin and keep the Ten Commandments. And if we did sin or if we did give in to yeah, temptation, we would, uh, I don't know, it was the job of a Christian to essentially grovel um, until God sort of reluctantly forgave you, um, kind of like that. It, it wasn't necessarily back then. It definitely wasn't a relationship with God. It was more, yeah, I was generally afraid of him, um, I would, I'd find myself uh, apologising, just all the time for different things, whether intentional things or not. Um, I found like if I accidentally did, um, you know, the rock and roll symbol, which is where you stick your forefinger and little finger up, because <laughs> I knew that that was supposed to re- represent devil horns. Even if I accidentally did that, I'd find myself trying to say sorry to God, making it seem like it well, it's the classic thing of thinking that like he's like an angry headmaster waiting for me to slip up. Uh, that, yeah, he did die for me and to, uh, to save me. But actually, until I can stop sinning, I don't properly get that love or he'll be filled with like resentment towards me. Um, that was generally my experience. And, and at that time as well, I wasn't going, I wasn't part of a church or I wasn't going to a church. Um, so I had very little input. Apart from, um, there was a guy in my secondary school called Mike Greaves, um, he had long uh, brown hair, so everyone called him Jesus, um, but he was a Christian, and he gave me... Uh, do, do you know those uh, little red pocket New Testament and Psalms? Yeah. Uh, those Gideon, little Gideon ones. So he gave me that, actually, and I was like, I can't take this for free, and so he was like, fine, give me 20p for it, and then he, I did, <laughs> and then he gave it back to me, and he's like, there you go, that one's a gift. Um, but that, that with that little... It, it's actually crazy, because... It's crazy thinking, the little 14, 15 year old me sat there reading through the Gospels. Uh, I definitely didn't really get them uh, or what it was about. But actually, that was really good to sort of learn and and going through. I always liked reading the prayers at the front. Um, So that, yeah, no, I can't say I had no input. I actually had the direct input of the word of God, which definitely, (laughs) yeah, definitely uh, aided my growth quite a lot. It was kind of just God leading me through so many different, I don't know, stages of of those early bits of faith um just so I was ready when he was going to take me into that next step um but so I didn't start going to a church for two or three years um and the first time I went to one was I was invited by a few friends from my secondary school um to Bath City Church which is now known as Life Church Bath as of when like 2019 or something yeah November last year I think it was when it changed yes um I don't think I was still there then but yeah, either way, live church bath. Uh, so I, start, I went to their Christmas service. I was invited by a couple of people. And I, I really couldn't believe it. Like like seeing people with their hands in the air, I'm like, what is this? Who's, why are they doing this? Because uh, I had no experience of church other than what I learned in assemblies, which was the idea of people just stand there with their arms by their side, really. Um, um, it, it was kind of quite bizarre joining uh, or, or coming along, like, from that Christmas thing, from that Christmas um, service, I started coming along to their evening thing, which was called Joshua Generation back then. Um, and, yeah, it was it was just, it was really fun, and that, that's how I mainly grew in faith. Um, yeah, I, I would say. But that, that's definitely, I, I'd say that period of uh, identifying as a Christian, getting to Bath City Church and getting in, involved in a church, that was, let's say, step one of my faith journey, um, not including all the steps before I identified as a Christian, of course. Uh, before yeah. I go on to step two, any questions?
0: <laughs> no, I think carry on, bro. I'm loving it.
1: No, absolutely. Um, so from that point, um, I started... It, it was one of those... Yeah, it was definitely a big point of growth when I started going to that church because I started learning more about God more about who he was, um, and obviously what that meant for me. I learned more about the gospel, and I remember someone gave a sermon called "There's no." It's probably Josh Luke Smith actually, uh, but it was like "There's no tightrope in the garden," which is like God's not making us walk a tightrope, and if we fall either if we fall off, then then we fail and we have to go back to the beginning before we can reach the end, which is God's love and affection. Um, and he's saying actually, we're there already, and if we fall off, then we're then we fall into God's love and Acceptance, because uh, we've already been forgiven, and I started learning more about what that meant, um, and that was yeah particularly good. And I remember one thing that I'll always remember is um, when I was at the at the front uh, worshipping, and some guy came up behind me I'd never met before, um, Irish Phil, uh, who who came up, he put his hand on my shoulder, and he was like, "Hey, just want to let you know um, that God loves you and He's proud of you." and that's the first time i'd ever heard that my my idea of god until that point was that i was just generally a disappointment because i kept on giving into sin so at that point i broke i broke down into tears um which was it was just really like that that was really a where i i yeah i started to getting to know god more and his character and sort of what he was like um yeah So when I was about 16 or 17, that's uh, around the time that I got in my first relationship. Um, And that's that definitely was an interesting sort of thing. So that that person was not a Christian, uh, in fact, quite actively against, however, because it was sort of the first relationship, you sort of just go along with it uh, and stuff. Um, And it was almost like at the same time as I was growing in that relationship with God, I was at the same time growing in a relationship with her, with this girl, um, and it wasn't healthy. It was two years actually, and and there was a point where we started sleeping together, and it was the classic thing of I tried to justify it like any young horny Christian boy, like <laughs> be like, oh well, uh, I don't see in the Bible where it says I shouldn't, or, or or just generally like, oh yeah, I don't. I think God generally would. I, what, what's that line it's like oh yeah I think it, God generally likes to keep it between marriage but he more just cares whether people love each other and stuff like this and I remember I was even telling this to a non-Christian and he was like yeah I'm pretty sure you're just saying what you want it to say um, <laughs> which is very true no one yeah <laughs> no one tries to justify the belief's like a young
0: horny Christian boy Um <laughs> It's impressive how good they get at trying to understand Greek in that time. Yeah, no one's a Greek
1: scholar like that, exactly. It's like, actually, oh,
0: the Greek doesn't mean that, it means I can have sex.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I was very much in that case where, although I was still growing, I still didn't actually know properly a lot about who Jesus was. I loved worshipping at that time. I loved jumping up and down at the front, but I'm still not actually sure if I properly knew who God was there. whether I was, There were definitely probably some times where I was more worshipping the experience rather than God. Because actually, worship is not just... Here's a key thing that, that I may have learned through my journey. Worship is not just your like your response in front of God while singing. It's actually your entire life. Obedience is worship. And in that time, there were lots of areas that I was actively disobeying God. Um, that I sort of knew better and and everything like that. But either way, I continued to grow in that relationship with God and sort of continued And about two years into the relationship, um that's when i got another spurt of i don't know growth um when i i went to a conference called epidemic life it was super cool it used to be run by i think well by bath city church um they had toxic waste barrels with with like the toxic waste sign on very 90s christian um or early 2000s christian so that was fun um and going and that that was a um a particular sort of spike in my faith i went back there and i it was almost like a like, once again, God took me to a deeper level of commitment, a deeper place of saying, actually, this is what commitment looks like. It's not just what you've done so far as this extra step. And at that point, I, he almost gave me a view of um, my relationship with this girl uh, as like I was on a slider, and at one end, I was a slider on a line, and on one end was this girl, and on the other end was God. As I got closer to one, I'd get further away from the other, and I had a choice, and obviously, as it can be, uh, well, as it kind of always has to be, if it's in between something and God, God has to win. Uh, so actually, I made that decision and then me and that girl broke up. Um, and actually, that was a massive rush of like that. That that was then I kind of just shot forward faith wise. Then that's when I started. Um, I don't know. Well, just relying on God a lot more. Uh, I think I at that point, I probably started reading my Bible, but I didn't read it that much. Um but that that's probably the second stage of my faith journey from joining Bath City Church until that, that breakup. And then I started entering into a whole new sort of area of sort of faith where I started praying with friends, worshipping with friends. Um, yeah, in everything like that. Should I go into stage four,
0: stage three? Yeah, because this, this is a whole part of your journey. that I've. This was before I even knew you. So like, um, but yeah, it was really interesting hearing you talk about actually there was a a transition or the beginning of the transition of understanding that you weren't just a disappointment to God, that you were valuable to him. But it's, I just found it really interesting seeing how that, like you can almost see the pattern of the more that you saw your value in God, the more you saw his value for you, the more value you saw in him like there was that with that picture of you and the slider and the girl and God it was like as you kind of grew in understanding of who he was and how valuable he was you kind of developed this understanding of actually he is more valuable which at, at that young age is quite amazing
1: well that that's the thing and i mean as as we'll learn it wasn't the whole it wasn't the whole way obviously it's like little steps um but that that was a big a big part of that and it is something i still Kind of have to challenge myself on today is actually that when it comes down to God or someone else, and I'm almost quite glad that God put me in that position. <laughs> when it comes down to God versus something else, it's always God that has to win. Um, and the sooner I accepted that, the better. Um, the closer, yeah, the the more I saw God, God's love for me, and the more I understood that and how far He went to get me. The not the easier it was, but the more motivation I then had. Uh, to put him first or the more I saw that I should put him first in a way like it just all reveals his glory and how amazing and incredible he is and then ultimately like, I mean ultimately I can't then deny or I can't try and deny that glory by choosing something else over him um, obviously like yeah it, it's definitely it, that wasn't obviously the the end of those sorts of cycles as, as I'll get into because now we're getting into the point where we met I think um me and you um yeah i mean yeah so with uh, stage 3 uh so i'd been single for sort of quite a while and i definitely grew in that that's when i started meeting people well, actually Joel had i got in a relationship with Jess when we'd met or not
0: um i think you were together at that point as far as i remember like cuz i actually went i actually went on facebook earlier to see when me and you became friends on facebook to work out with it was november 2014 so when i just moved to bath i'd moved to bath two months previous okay
1: yeah so that would have been within the first year maybe or i don't know either way yes it was bef- yeah. it was after we started okay so with this stage we um so obviously I, so I was single for quite a while well actually not quite well maybe like six months or so Maybe longer. I don't know, um, but either way, I was I was growing in my faith. But there were definitely some areas which I just hadn't let go of. I was still, uh, I I particularly noticed it looking back in my language, the way I spoke to people and about people. Um, I noticed it in quite a few different areas. There was still something I was kind of missing, um, and I just go in these sorts of cycles um, of. Well, well, I'll get to that actually. Um, so the next opportunity for a relation comes up a relationship comes up and um, obviously what do i do i jump at it not having learned anything uh you know not that i haven't learned anything from my first time um but essentially i sort of jump into it um now this person wasn't a christian uh again uh however seemed open to it and then obviously like some young hopeful boy I, like i'm like oh that's what that's there you go there's worth there's more worth than that all you know, the whole flirt to convert thing and whatever. Um, That didn't work. Uh, Same old story, um, sleeping together uh, and stuff like that. It seems there still wasn't something that kicked in. However, this then starts probably my biggest ever growth in faith. Uh, And it was around the time I met Joel. Not saying that Joel was responsible for it. However, he he definitely was part of it. (laughs) I don't think you can quite take responsibility for that, Joel. By the way, Joel is a great friend because essentially he was kind of like you find so many people around uh church who are quite often like oh yeah let's hang out let's hang out and then nothing gets said until you next see each other the next week and they're like oh yeah let's hang out let's hang out and obviously i'm guilty of it too but joel was like yeah let's hang out when <laughs> and then just the question of when it's like oh no <laughs> now i've got to commit um that that's how me and joel became firm friends uh with his persistence which was really good so If there's some for you listeners, if there's someone you want to be friends with, but they can never nail down a date or they never ask you, then you ask them. (laughs) You take the initiative (laughs) in that. Um, Be a Joel. Um, So, uh, yeah. So at this point, this is when after being at, so I was 19 or something. Yeah, this this at this point is when I first started reading the Bible pretty much. This is when I first started reading the Bible. Up until this point, I'd been aware of it, but I was pretty much, I was absolutely like, I had it in my head that I could have a relationship with God without His Word, uh, that I didn't need it, and all sorts of things like that. Um, but the, I, 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 I you know. I, I remember how it all started. I used to work in a toy shop, um, Hawkins Bazaar, sadly closed now, R.I.P. Um, and. I would be doing like deliveries and sort of stuff like that. And quite often I'd get sent away to different stores to do stuff. And what's a good thing to do then? Listen to podcasts. Now, until this point, the only sermons, the only input I've ever had, or I've had up up until that point, was pretty much from Bath City Church, from their sermons once a week, maybe twice a week, because sometimes I'd go to the morning and evening. Um, So I'd get that as the input. Uh, But actually that wasn't... I was literally just eating the crumbs off someone else's table I wasn't even reading the Bible for myself and at one point I decided to listen to someone else's sermon uh, a guy called Judah Smith I really recommend him um, and I just like I just started binge listening to all of these sorts of podcasts and then that was like oh there's some cool stuff in the Bible um, not to say back then obviously that the the preachers didn't teach from the Bible and and things like that but like in the sense it wasn't until this point that I was like actually I'm gonna I'm going to crack open my Bible and see what's in there. And and this way, I just listened to like these podcasts pretty much all day, every day. Whenever I was working and off the shop floor, I would start listening to these podcasts. And then that would result in me reading my Bible, starting Bible in a year. And then from there, I got onto a guy called Tim Keller, um, who is, I, I find him absolutely fantastic. Uh, he just talks about faith in just an incredibly reasonable way, um, which doesn't sound too... It doesn't sound too over spiritualized and it doesn't sound too intellectual to the point where there's no spiritual side to it at all. It's like I just really connected really well with it. And that's when I started properly learning, started reading the Bible, learning about all these sorts of things. And suddenly I wasn't just getting input from, well, number one, I wasn't just getting input from my home church. I wasn't just getting input from sermons, but I was getting input directly from God's word, learning how to interpret it and read it. I started Bible in a year. It took me three years. But actually, I'm really glad I did it at my pace because that's how I sort of learned from it. And that was really how I grew in my faith. Um, now, as you grow in your faith and as you get closer towards God, so obviously it's, it's actually that same formula you picked up on. The more you learn about God's love for you, the more willing you are to or I don't know, the more value you see you should ascribe to God, you should give to God. Um, I, I remember listening to a Judas, a Judas Smith sermon while in the gym doing some leg raises, which I don't, haven't done for years, um, mainly just because I get bored of them. Um, and I remember listening to a Judas Smith sermon where he says, uh, if you uh, say you walk in the light, uh, but actually lie and walk in the darkness... Uh, then you're a liar and the truth is not in you. It's was quoting 1 John, uh, or 1 John, um, or some bit in there. And I realised at that point, I was like, wow, I've got to stop sleeping with my girlfriend. Um, (laughs) So this was about a year into that relationship. And I've been growing in so many different ways. And I'd... Well, yeah, yeah, I've grown in so many different ways. And I realised, actually, I cannot, in good faith, carry on intentionally sinning against Jesus. It's like, actually, like, how can I say that I love Jesus if at the same time I'm intentionally, I don't know, sinning against him? Or And that's not saying that you can't do that. It's a case of God will, obviously, I don't say that to try and condemn anyone for their sin. It's God who brings that conviction for sin in the same way he convicted me of it uh, when the time was right for him to do it. Um, but it's a case of, actually, I realised I, I couldn't carry on like that while claiming to love Jesus, because actually my actions said the exact opposite. Um, so that that was a big part. So a year into that relationship, we, I had the conversation of being like, actually, we need to stop. Um, and so we did. Like, And so then at that point, I just started really growing in faith. Once It's almost like once you get the ball rolling, it's a lot easier, and, and the Holy Spirit helps us to just carry on growing and stuff. So I kept on learning about... Uh, well I kept on even just growing in my sort of spiritual friendships around especially with Joel we'd have like sleepovers every week um, th- this this point got to um, where you know well where I was like right I want to take the next step in learning and growing in faith and at Bath City Church the common thing you or a, a regular thing that you do is that you go away somewhere you go to somewhere or other you go to um, like a ministry school or a training thing now I knew there was one called Catch the Fire Toronto, which is in Toronto, and it's a ministry school. Uh, they do some stuff which is focused on worship, which I wouldn't do because <laughs> I don't think they have a kazoo, <laughs> have a kazoo <laughs> branch of that worship stream. Um, but they do have like heart modules and stuff, and I was like, oh, actually, this might be a really cool thing to do. And so for the long, for a long time, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And so this is around the time that me and Joel properly met, I think. So I remember we talked quite a lot about that earlier on and everything like that, just about how we would, um, well, yeah, about about going to Toronto. And I I was kind of set on that's what I was going to do. To be fair, I can't really remember much of that period. Um, Or how that led into actually how I got on to do my uni
0: degree, which I'll also get on to.
1: Can you remember, Joel, from your perspective?
0: I think it was, I remember there being lots of questions around like, To some extent, the value of going to Toronto, because you're also like doing any form of school of ministry, like for people that have never looked into it, schools of ministry cost quite a bit. Like there is a commitment to like to go to Toronto. I think it's like, is it nine months, the Toronto one? Nine months. And I think it was five grand, not in, or maybe it was six months, but it was
1: five grand back then, not including flights, I don't think.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's quite like, so you were, I think you were questioning a lot about that and the value of it. And yeah, and then me, because I was actually in Bath to study theology, to kind of do a similar sort of thing. They're not identical. they Each school of ministry has its own, let's put it, flavor, own emphasis. And so like we, we got chatting around like, I think one of the biggest questions was like, why do you want to do it? Because, because it, I think, I remember you saying that it was like, almost it felt like a rite of passage to go because ev- anyone and everyone from church was heading out towards Toronto at the time. It was kind of like, yeah, it was it was a done next step. If you were pursuing God and you wanted to take that next step in pursuing him even more, you'd go and do the school of ministry.
1: Yeah, that's the natural next step, yeah. I, I, I've actually, you saying that have got, has... May, has reminded me of the next step in that, though. But yeah, it was a case of actually, I mean, the thing I guess the sign of whether God wanted me to go or not. I was letting that be the money side of it because actually I didn't have the money to go, um, and ultimately that didn't come. And towards the time I was like, actually, I don't think this is a thing. I think it was just kind of me getting quite excited, and like you saying, it seems like a rite of passage, and so just assuming that was part of my journey as well. Um, which obviously isn't the case. Um, now, my mum at this point had the general conversation with me that mums do, which is, you can't carry on in your job, you're not going to be able to support a family, you're not going to be able to do any of these, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. So I was like, oh, fine. And we were having a chat about what about potential career options. And she mentioned being a primary school teacher. And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd really like that, actually. So essentially, we got around to looking at how to become a primary school teacher. Um, and you needed to do a degree followed by a PGCE year, and I was like, hang on a sec, I'm pretty sure they run a degree at, at church, and so um, at this point the director of, of so they, this is called Formission, Mission. Um, it used to be called Springdale, but I knew there were a few people in Bath who were doing it, um, and I also knew that, yeah, they run it out of Bath, I didn't know the specifics, um, or anything that's like that, um, but I, I decided I was like, oh, what I could do and my plan was is I'm going to do this P I'm going to do this degree and then do a PGCE year after and then go into primary school teaching. I was like, perfect. I can learn a bit more about theology at the same time, all these things. Um, at this point, a friend, I was chatting to a friend about this and he was like, do you think he, he was kind of like, yeah, I, okay, I'll get your plan when I laid it out for him. But he was like, do you think you're settling? Are you doing this because you genuinely want to be a primary school teacher or is there something more you want to do? And shout back, which I missed to when I was about 17, um, is actually I remember being on a bus once and making the decision. I was like, I want to go into ministry. And so I remember texting all my family being like, I want to be a, I didn't even know the term then. I probably said vicar or leader of a church or something. Um, and all my family responded, they were like, OK, cool and, and stuff. But then that was kind of left there. And I was kind of reminded of that then when my friend was like, is this really what you want to do or is this you settling? Not to take anything away from being a primary school teacher, it would still be an amazingly fulfilling thing. Um, And I realised, no. And so from that point, I was like, actually, maybe I'm not going to be doing this for a PGCE year. Maybe I'm going to be doing this to go into ministry and follow what I think is more God's calling for my life, which is uh, sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus and helping others to know him and growing their faith with him. Um, so from that point I decided, yeah, I was gonna carry on and I was gonna do this degree. So before I started uni, I did go through a period which I kind of dramatically refer to as my summer of doubt, um, which is actually where I, I remember I sat on a bus and I was thinking about just different things. And I thought of the whole matrix scenario, which is the idea of how do we know we're not all in a, well, essentially in a, in a, in a simulation. And because I couldn't think of a rational way to answer that, um, I I don't know, I just started having doubts about everything. And from there, it extended to other things. And I actually found myself at a point where, yeah, I just started doubting God's existence. Now, up until that point, it's probably important to know that actually I'd grown in knowledge a lot, but spiritually I might not have grown as much as I should. So I liked arguing with other Christians. Uh, I liked pretty much just proving that I was right and correct. it became a lot more about, yeah, what I could intellectually prove, like the Bible was more of a weapon I could use to show my dominance, uh, intellectual dominance rather than to love people with and to, well, <laughs> show people Jesus with, um, which was obviously a bit of a problem. Um, and my foundations were essentially, yeah, on that, my foundations were on arguing, my foundations were on, yeah, everything like that, um. And so with that, like yeah, I, I went into my period of doubt where I just completely doubted most things about God, um, and my found yeah my foundation was just on an intellectual basis rather than I don't know have you have you heard of the eighteen inch journey they call it going from head to heart yeah yeah so it was that it was essentially that process um, so at my lowest point of that summer I I don't know the proper way to tell to say. I I kind of say if if I were to take a lie detector test and say and was asked if I was a Christian I would and if I believed in God I'd say yes but I don't know whether it would show a truth or a lie. I'm pretty sure God. Oh, to be fair, I don't think there was any chance of me falling away from faith because um, I think God did keep hold of me. And actually, at that point, I just started hanging out with more people. I started hanging out with more well Christians and actually just. I stopped being so critical of things. And through that, I actually learned that, I don't know, I don't know there was a, a lot more to like, there was a lot more to support. And actually, I, I don't know, I, I found that in regards to, I knew all the intellectual answers to these sort of objections I was having in faith, um, but actually in regards to actually believing it, that was a bit of a different story. Yeah, but generally in... Yeah, it was kind of just over that summer, God brought me back. And it was almost like actually he was restoring my foundations, because actually if I was going in on the foundations of pride and just intellectual knowledge, then it wouldn't have got me anywhere, actually. Um, then it would have just led with me being hurt and me hurting other people, because that's what I was doing. And so God kind of broke down those foundations um, to restore me and build me back up um, well, to, to, well to, to essentially put me in the best place to go and do uni. Uh, now, this degree that I was doing, it's kind of a mix of, so four mission degree, uh, when Joel started, So Joel was in third year when I was in first year, and we were both studying in Bath um, for, for the time being. Uh, my, my, so the way it would work is you'd have four who would create the degree, and then other churches or other venues would then facilitate the degree. So they would let them sort of do the teaching and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of an interesting sort of thing. They, they they looked after the spiritual side of things, but it was also quite intellectual as well. And I think it was definitely God preparing me for, yeah, God was definitely preparing me for that. But either way, I continued to sort of grow in faith. Now I'd had that sort of summer of doubt. I kind of seemed to growing. And I got involved with different areas of ministry. I got involved with youth ministry. Um, and and all things like that. Um, so I continued pretty much to. Well, yeah, yeah that that was pretty upwards. I'd say there were definitely challenges, but yeah, that that was pretty upwards. And then at the end of my first year, that's when I'd say was a big. Uh, that that was the end of whichever phase or step of my phase we're at. Whether it's three <laughs> step three or four, I don't yeah. know yet. Yeah. yeah. Any questions or remarks?
0: No, I think it's just in, like you're highlighting a few really important things that it might be even worth just touching on, maybe, or it might develop as we talk, but it's like the whole the growing intellect we talk we often me and you've often talked about the whole like puffing yourself up in knowledge rather than in knowing of God. Um, and that whole like what what I find amazing is that you were you were talking about how you're using the Bible as like an intellectual weapon to tear people down almost and you're and and at this point you're like hey i want to go into ministry and god just went right i'm going to tear that down before you can go and minister to the hearts of people because if you went into ministry with that mindset and with that heart it would have most likely caused a lot more damage than good
1: i think there's there's um first peter five seven it talks about well yeah no it's um cast your anxieties on the lord so um, he cares for you oh no uh, humble yourself oh no uh, the bit before so you know when it's a humble yourselves before God casting all your own anxieties on him because you care for him um, I think it's either right before or after it says because God blesses the humble but opposes the proud and God was definitely opposing that in me and he was like nope we're not letting that go through um, and I'm so glad that he did Uh because actually, you're right, that I wouldn't have been in a position to go into ministry at all. And I think it was definitely a case of God led me into that. I granted, it, I, it was probably going to be painful either way. But the fact that I probably dug my fingernails in for the first little bit before I started to cooperate, I know it taught me a lot. It taught me that God is actually, God's a parent. He's not, we like to think of God sometimes as a grandparent, in the sense of grandparents kind of just sometimes give the kid what they need or that, what they want. So they'll give them the extra sweets or the extra food or or things like that. Uh, Whereas a parent, you know, you can't give them all what they want all the time. It's actually helping them grow. And actually, if you see things which might not be as healthy in them, you actually challenge that and you try and help them grow past that. And actually, I kind of learned that actually God was a father and he takes that responsibility seriously. Um, But at the same time, he's gentle in it. Like at the same time, God was serious in, in, in humbling me. He was still so gentle in that as well. And kind in the way he did it, because in doing that, that's kind of how I got to the next step of faith, really. Uh, obviously, I don't it's, it's not as linear as just saying different steps of faith, but I'll use those words, that uh, terminology for now. Um, but, yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I was definitely all sort of head knowledge. Um, that being said, I do think that and one thing I've encountered is is where some people almost make it seem like any head knowledge is bad, um, but that's not true. It's a comb- For me, it's a combination of head and heart knowledge. I think if it's all heart knowledge, you don't know who you're worshipping. Um, if it's all head knowledge, you know, but it's, you're not feeling anything. It's not connected with with your heart or anything. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I've, I've kind of found it's a balance. Intellectual thinking in Christianity is not a bad thing. I've heard it almost seemed like, as in that's the worst thing you could do but actually it's a big part of it and different people connect with God differently. It's just important not to make it all about your intellectual knowledge to the point where you don't know him. Um, yeah, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So so where are we up to now? We're, so you've started, you're about to start uni or you've started? So I've started
1: and now I'm going into my second year of university. Uh, now this was another big one um, where so at this point um, my relationship at that point was really struggling so at that point i was also engaged to my girlfriend um, of the time Um, and it was kind of one of those things where it just seemed like the natural next step Um, even though we were engaged the idea of being married was really really far off i i realized because i'd grown in faith so much since the start of that relationship like I said that's when I started reading the bible that's when I had that whole period of the summer of doubt that's when I kind of took the first steps into doing what I really wanted to do I realized that um well yeah essentially I'd changed a lot I'd really changed a lot now this was long distance with this girl as well and so actually when whenever we would hang out together it was almost like two different people coming from our leaving our own real lives to hang out together and obviously that's not really a good way to go into marriage and we realised actually we were sort of both very different people I'd changed a lot since the start I mean like yeah and it, it got to the point of actually realising that so faith wise she had so she had become a Christian um and I think I was like oh great that's really good but actually she was still a very young Christian and that doesn't guarantee that it was going to work and I realised actually almost while I was in that position I was keeping her from God. Um I don't want and so sort of not 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 as in that that would be the situation with anyone in that case, but I specifically sort of God here said God here, actually at the moment her faith is based on you. Um and while you're in there, it can't be based on me. And so essentially he asked me to make a tricky choice, which it was one of those choices which would have ended up happening anyway. But he seemed kind enough to let me have a say in it regardless of it going that same direction of you actually give her over to me um and so obviously as it would the first time uh i had to say yes it, it was a case of I, I couldn't so that led to an incredibly mutual breakup in which case we broke off the engagement and uh, that was my next real big growth in faith that's as i went into the second year of uni or yeah it was earlier on in my second year of uni now at this point for various reasons the campus in bath had closed um for my uni which meant i had to go study down in exeter instead i really loved it and i met some really good people down there um but yeah that that was a it's weird because it's almost like that relationship seems so disconnected from my life generally because it's like I said it was long distance it was a case of while I was here it's almost like as we started out I wasn't that person anymore because I'd changed quite a lot and I'd grown quite a lot Um and since then it was long distance and so we'd all sort of like be both leaving our own lives behind and then coming together it's kind of like actually bringing that together it's like that consistency Jesus comes into every single part of your life Um, not just well, some of it, and although I would have said I knew that by then, I realised that it was actually kind of time to not... It's weird, because it almost like... It's almost not really something I can remember properly, so do you have any questions based around that, which or, like, on that whole part, which might help it make sense a bit more, or clarify
0: anything? Um, I think... Around that, it's like... Yeah, because it was, for you, it was, yeah, it was a difficult time with, like, there being a breakup, especially mid, you're halfway f- through a degree, you're moving campus, you're, you, yeah, and it's, I think the bigger theme, or the biggest thing is, like, for you, there was definitely a process of Of learning to give it all over to him.
1: Yes. Yeah, that was um, it, actually. So, so so I've just remembered a bit more. It was a big... Well, hope deferred makes your heart sick, like I said. So she may have been an earlier Christian, like a younger Christian. But it was that reminder of, actually, where she is now is not where she needs to be for a mature Christian relationship. There are obviously other things as part of that as well, um, which were part of breaking up. But as in one of the main things was actually, it's almost like I was hoping that she would just catapult into this position. And I was almost just like like catapult into this position where she would be available to. Cause I think I knew deep down that she wasn't, uh, she wasn't that person. She wasn't right, but I was hoping that almost she would become that. Um, and it's like actually trying to force that onto her is not good. Um, and it, it's that whole idea of hope deferred makes your heart sick. I was continually getting sick. She felt sick of me trying to make her that person almost. And it's like I tried to make myself her God, um, and that's why I really hate the idea of floating to convert because it's almost like trying to take it into your own hands and make it like the most, I don't know, there's a lot of risks in that. And I can absolutely not, I, I really disagree with that method. I'm not saying that God hasn't used it as there'll be people probably listening to this who God has, You did God did use that, but it's not something I would recommend that any Christian should set out to do. Um, based on personal experience, because regardless of them potentially getting into a relationship with Jesus, that's no, that doesn't automatically mean that it works, um, or that it will work. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so it was a case of actually giving it all over to Jesus, and and a lot in that case. I mean, yeah, and figuring that out overall really the idea of giving it like yeah literally everything over to jesus and actually that was an incredible time to rely on him um like that's the closest i'd ever felt to god up until that point like literally it's so like intimately bonded with him in that sense of even though i've given up that relationship like there's just even more in jesus that is well yeah there's there's so much more in jesus which is just more than anything really anything and everything so yeah that was a big part, which then would then go on to the next step, which I've kind of gone into, which is is, yeah, just that growing so close with Jesus um, and, and things like that. I did take on at this point more of a like in my second year, a lot more of a ministry role uh, where I led a youth ministry for church. Um, I was involved in that anyway or helped oversaw it. And that was really good excuse me I think it was really important that I was single for that time as well because I learned a lot of those things and with the amount I was kind of doing with balancing university and everything I definitely don't think I would have been able to throw a relationship on there as well uh, <laughs> but it was a very formative year I had to fight quite a lot of bitterness and other things like that and, and feelings where I might have felt a bit I don't know not properly stewarded well by the, that church um, but as in a Once again, it was kind of like a yearly cycle towards the end of that year. I processed those feelings um, uh, and sort of everything and ended in, I guess I'd say, quite a good place ready for my third year of university, um, which was fairly plain sailing, all things considered. Towards the end of the second year, though, that's when I got in a relationship with Clarissa, who is going to be my wife in about three weeks, which is really exciting. Um, Really, really exciting where the essentially it was kind of like after all that sort of waiting and trying almost, well, it wasn't a case of waiting it's any time a relationship came up earlier on, I kind of went for it. Uh, but after waiting, it seems like Clarissa was sort of just there and yeah, it just seemed like actually this is someone who was mature in faith and it just sort of made all the difference. And it was just really, really sort of great. And we sort of just connected really well Obviously, it's never an easy journey, but actually, it's been a fulfilling one. And obviously, it's, yeah, now to the point where we're going to be married in like three weeks of recording this, um, which is, yeah, heavily exciting. Um, and actually, I can just feel God in this so much more, like so much, in just so much more of a stronger way. I don't know, it's been, I mean, the last bit, this this last bit, has obviously skips over quite a lot, but I think it's because I'm still in this step and still in this stage. Um <clears throat> yeah sort of of that so it's a bit harder to sort of as things have got closer it's been harder to summarise them in in specific points or stages um yeah I started off in steps and stages but now it's all over that's a blur now it's a blur but yeah I'd say that's definitely the stuff yeah there's some incoherent nonsense of where I am to where I am now today um where I think I'm now oh, so now I lead uh, so I'm the youth minister for a church in Bath called St Luke's. I'm the multi faith chaplain at Bath College, and I also do some work with Youth for Christ. and It seems like all these things have been preparing me for the, for this step. Things that I'm still battling with are prioritising and actually, I, it's the classic thing in ministry. It, it, quite often, it's assumed that you that you're doing well, but it's definitely not the case. It's like actually, well, not not that it's not the case, but you always need to check how someone's doing in ministry. Um, it's really important to have that mentoring relationship. And all that, that. it's important to have people above you who can help guide you and disciple you. It's important to have people who are on the same level as you, faith-wise. Um, and it's important to have people that you're discipling. And I'm privileged enough now to say I've got all three of them. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, yeah, once again, it hasn't been a particularly easy journey getting to this point. And not to say it's all all dandy now but yeah that's that's how i am where i am now if that makes sense
0: yeah you you briefly mentioned that like you're on this like yearly cycle of going through stuff and then you just very briefly went oh yeah and i processed my emotions and i processed this it's like i was wondering if you could maybe elaborate a little bit on that process so that people people can if you're comfortable like like elaborate on the process kind of maybe like one or two key points of that process so that it can equip people to actually try and healthily process their emotions
1: yeah okay um i'd like to say that it's so this is actually one big part which i quite enjoyed about university um which was at the end of every year we always so oh sorry so throughout the week every student always kept a a journal where we did three entries every single week uh and then at the end of the year you wrote it all up into a report and had to write an essay about it and a presentation and stuff like that Um, now obviously no student left it till the end of the
0: year um nor nor me nor joel never did that of course um no never we weren't up late at night finally writing the report 50 minutes before the deadline um (laughs) never um (laughs) But what, so,
1: even though that was annoying to have to do, and i I only kept general ideas of going through different periods um but one thing that really helped is reflecting, and we used a thing called the pastoral cycle, where we ask what happened, so reflecting over the last year, what happened, why did it happen, what does it mean, and how can I respond?" And as much as that seemed like an annoying thing to do for uni, I actually kind of always enjoyed it all three years because it helped me to reflect on what had happened when it says why it happened sometimes there's not a simple answer for sometimes it's a case of it happened because it happened or it happened because I don't know what does it mean I might not know but it's a case of it just gives you the opportunity to reflect on these things and, and, and process them and, and see how you can respond to them now today um, and that that was a big part of that cycle I guess or at the end of it was always reflecting and that would always go in a different direction um, but just reflecting on yeah so what had happened whatever it was and, and where God was in it and what he was teaching me through it because he's always teaching me something sometimes it was just to wait sometimes it was just I was, I'd be like God where are you and hear nothing back and then I'd just be right be reminded of wait for the Lord or no um I wait for the Lord my soul waits and in his word I hope um which is somewhere in the Psalms I want to say <laughs> Psalm 130 or Psalm 101 131 somewhere or something yeah don't know. either way like it is the idea of sometimes even it's just waiting, but that process of reflecting, like it's super easy. And it's something I can forget to do now of always be looking forward and always just be chart, like just charging ahead not really stopping to look where you've been or where you're going. But that, that process of reflecting and just thinking back to where I, I don't know where you've been and how God's worked with you. is just so important. Some people do that by keeping a diary and a journal. I don't necessarily work as well with that, but, well, I I don't know, I, I have in different times sort of kept that sort of journal, but that one of the big point of that moment of reflecting was that it's it's partnering with God in looking back. It's like using the hindsight of where you are now to look back at what had happened and try and interpret it through that. Um, yeah, if that if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Reflection, I guess. Yeah, reflection on it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah, if that's um I hope that's everything in a yeah, not necessarily.
0: I think that is everything. Like maybe just a couple like one question to kind of close off. Yes. Is like it's like if you could maybe think of like like two or three key yeah, maybe two or key two or three key learning like moments or things that you've learned. Yeah. In in your journey that are kind of like the more pivotal, like every journey has its peaks of like pivotal moments of like this was like an aha moment in your journey, this really shifted something like, yeah. but yeah what were those like two or three key things?
1: So let me have a think uh, so I definitely, well one, one that always revolves around is, is learning God's character um, Oh know, hold on, let me write these down well, it all revolves around the gospel, uh, the good news of Jesus um, and what he did and what that reveals about everything. I think you can see everything through the gospel. Uh, so, for example, God's character, like I said, one of the big po- points early on was learning that God was proud of me and how that kind of worked, even though I was still giving in to sin and, and, and stuff like that. The reason is because of the gospel, because Jesus loves me, even though um, there's a great quote, which is... Uh, When you look at the gospel and understand the gospel, you realise you're worse. You're worse than you ever thought you were. But at the same time, you're more loved and accepted than you ever could have been hoped to be. um, Or than you could have ever hoped to be. And that's kind of definitely what I found. And and what that reveals around God's character. When you look at the gospel, you see how far God went to get you. Um, And once you see how far God went to get you and you understand, that's why I think hell's an important part of... um, of preaching the gospel if you understand well yeah unless you understand how lost you were you don't understand how important having a savior is or have unless you find out how far god went to get you you won't ever really properly understand how he loves you and so understanding that and understanding what so sorry yeah to put in a a better thought or a, a better sentence understand so understanding the gospel which has been a repetitive thing constantly reminding myself of it has been a big key point understanding that I am forgiven regardless of of now I'm loved in Jesus and forever accepted God towards me is not an angry headmaster waiting for me to slip up Um, a big point was understanding that he's a loving father um, who wants me and who's paid the ultimate price to get me Um, so that's been one big big part of that learning experience um, another is to keep on coming back to God, um, regardless of what it is, whether it's in joy, whether it's in pain, whether it's in whatever. Um, and even if you can't understand it now, it's it's learning to trust and understand in him that he knows what's going on um, and that he is in control of that. Uh, what else? I guess it's obviously always that God will always win. <laughs> so it's God will always win. So it's worth just giving over now. <laughs> It's it's kind of learning that actually I I can try and use I can try and justify anything using scripture I can try and justify anything me doing anything but actually ultimately I don't know God will win Um, I'm trying to think I've never I haven't probably looked back into sort of themes and stuff are there any that you see or obviously Um, like I
0: think one I think the key thing of learning who God is is a big one but also the head to the heart message of like actually it's it's your your following of jesus was too needed to be twofold yeah it can't be one or the other you can't purely have intellect without like the heart without like the spirit behind yes. behind it and you also can't go oh only the spirit and not have the intellect behind it yeah actually
1: like I, you, I, yeah I, I was quite privileged in that actually because i had both i was able to see both. I mentioned earlier before, like, when I started going to church and I started learning about who God was, I'm not going to say I had no idea who he was, but I wasn't getting fed at all. My entire, what, well, what I was getting fed off was my week, the weekly sermon, so the, the crumbs off someone else's table. I wasn't reading the Bible for myself. I wasn't praying regularly at all, really. I was sort of just cruising along, um, and I'd be jumping up and down really, like, high in, for worship, this one I was like seventeen, so when I started going, but actually I had no idea who God was really, or well, not that I had no idea, but I didn't. I wasn't doing it. Essentially, it was a mainly heart thing. It was just jumping up and down, not really knowing. And then I've seen the other side where it was pretty much just all head knowledge, where that's where I faced that doubt and where it was all like about arguing and stuff like that. And then he brought, yeah, brought me to this place where I had both pretty much, and it's that learning that both are good. I don't think. I know we've talked about this, but there's almost this idea that any sort of structure to your faith, like whether it's regular prayer times and stuff, can be seen as pharisaical or too religious. I don't think that I think that actually there's it's it's supposed to be an equal balance, and that's definitely something I've learned and something I need to keep on reminding myself actually um to keep on it's the idea of actually it's there's still the twofold thing of actually it's it's giving and receiving at the same time. It's constantly, I don't just want to sit on my bum all day receiving. I want to actually have a time where I'm actually able to give out. But if I'm giving out too much, which I find myself doing quite a lot, then essentially I'm running on empty. And then I don't go back to God. I I just just sit there feeling sorry for myself or just try and carry on in exhaustion until I get to a burnout point in which obviously God's like, oh, hi. Um, Or like, yeah, freeze me back to there, I
0: would say. Yeah. Awesome well thank you for joining me mate i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to sit with me and talk talk to me about your story and let me and everyone who listens to this in on your story in on your process that like yeah your faith didn't start off perfectly it isn't perfect yet but it's it's further along the journey than How it was when you first died you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no of course yeah no thank you very
1: much and thank you for having yeah. me and giving me the opportunity to share like Obviously, I talked about how reflection has been important. Um, actually, this has given me a good opportunity to reflect in a, in a way that I haven't for quite a while, actually. Uh, so thank you for that. And I, I encourage you listening to reflect on, reflect on where you've seen God in your life and how he's seen you grow. It's important and it really helps you understand how God got you to where you are now. And you kind of see, I don't know just how much he's done in your life or how he's worked in your life in ways that we can kind of just forget about sometimes Uh, we get too sort of caught up in what's going on right now so yeah I invite you to do that so thank you for the opportunity for letting me do that Joel Uh,
0: you're welcome bro and yeah thanks again and yeah everyone listening we'll see you again soon